you have your Bibles, would you go ahead and turn to the book of Ephesians? Today really marks kind of a, uh, a period at the end of a kind of a long process and journey for us because this is the last message that we'll preach from the book of Ephesians for a long time, I imagine. Uh, and I was thinking about that. Kirk and I actually spent some time the other week. We started this in January of 2021. And the reason that we started it is because the world was adrift. You know, the world was, was losing its moorings. And uh, I wanted to make sure that we as a church, as it felt like we were drifting into some of those things, that we were gonna stay grounded in the scripture and I couldn't think of a better place for us to go than to the book of Ephesians to kind of give us that focus again that we might need. And uh, Kirk and I added these up over the, over the last year and a half. You've had about 70 plus or minus 75 Sundays. And 36 of those, I think, will have been dedicated to the study of the book of Ephesians as we've gone through it. And so I'm, I'm honestly, on the one hand, glad to be doing something else. And I'm sad to be doing something else too, because this has been a great study for us and a great study for me. And as we come to the conclusion of this study, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at what it means for us to live a life that is armored up in the armor of God. Now, if you remember, we talked about the belt of truth and the, uh, the breastplate of righteousness uh, being around us and our, our feet uh, ready with the gospel, sandaled with the preparation of the gospel. And then we talked about what it meant to live with the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And Paul gets to the end of that and he says one more thing and it's important because as he concludes this, he has one last parting idea for the church and what they need to be doing. And he expresses it by saying, in light of all that you see as a church and all that that you witness going on around you in the world, this one thing you need to not forget. And he says that they need to be careful to pray. I think that's an important thing for us to stop and consider this morning because I doubt that many of you, I mean, studies just show this. If we were to poll you this morning and say, how do you feel about your prayer life? Most of us don't answer in the affirmative about that. Most of us would say, I feel like it could be better. And the reason I think that that is, is that even if it is very good, we all know that there's always another dimension of prayer that we probably haven't reached yet. It's not like you just finish and you, you, you reach the, the highest level of praying that there is. There's, there's no more to know about the Lord. There's no depth to discover about the Lord. But oftentimes in our lives, we feel like this really is the lacking thing. We may say, well, I'm doing pretty good with my Bible reading and I've been coming to my small group, life group. I've been serving, but prayer is a little bit harder for me to grasp. And, and I certainly feel that way. But what Paul's talking about here today for us is the ability for us to go deeper in our prayer and how to understand that we can really move the kingdom of God forward by praying. Let's read Ephesians chapter six, verses 18 through 20. Pray, at all times in the spirit, with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. When Paul begins this in verse 18, he uses the word all 
four times. And these four alls become very important. Now, the, the version that I read this morning, the Christian standard version of the Bible translates one of those alls as every, which I'm not really sure why, because it could be every or all. Most of the other translations use four alls. And we'll do that this morning to all or every. It's the same meaning. But if you think about it, when he says these four alls, they really are descriptive of how our prayer lives should be. And if we take these to heart and we start to implement these things in our prayer lives at the end of the service, as we'll do, and tomorrow morning when we wake up to begin praying and starting our day with the Lord, there's a depth and a richness that will come from this. And I want you to see that as he begins this in verse 18, it's really a carryover thought. In fact, the translation of the Bible you may be reading may really not have a period after verse 17. It may be a continuation and pray with at all times with the Spirit. Either way, it's a continuation of the armor of God because it's one thing to put on the armor of God. It's another thing to begin to wield that armor and use that. And he says you do that by praying and here is how. Notice these four ways that he says. First he says, pray at all times in the Spirit. When he says pray at all times, we have to answer the question, when's a good time for me to pray? People often say, when do you like to do your praying? All the time. When's a bad time to pray? Never, right? I mean, wherever you are with whatever you're doing is a great time for you to be engaged in prayer. Anytime that the Lord prompts you is a good time to pray, but he gives a qualifier here by saying at all times in the spirit. Now let's go back to chapter five in verse 17 when it said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You may remember that our speaker, the first night of renewal conference, talked to us about what it would be like to be filled with the Spirit. And he said that the way that we have to be filled with the Spirit is that we go before the Lord, confess our sin, ask for forgiveness of our sin, and then ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time thing. We don't say, God, would you fill me with your Spirit? Thank you, done. It's moment by moment, and, and honestly, we can quench the spirit at any time and, and maybe like I do, and you, you may feel this way too, sometimes I feel like, Lord, I am an expert in quenching your spirit and I need more help being filled with your spirit. I need, I need the depth and the richness that comes from that Lord to fill me. Well, well, how do we do that? When we sin, we immediately go before the Lord and we claim the blood of Jesus over our lives and we say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me and saving me, I confess that this is wrong. That's what confession is. It's when you go before the Lord and you agree that your actions don't line up with what God's standards are for your life. You agree with him. I confess, Lord, this is not right. Your will for my life would be to do this differently. I haven't done it. I confess it. Forgive me. God forgives us. And then we ask him to fill us again with the Holy Spirit. And we claim the promises of the scripture, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, that if we'll confess them, he will do that. And we live in that. And so he says, as you're filled with the Spirit, pray at all times. So what he's saying there is, the Spirit guides us in our prayers. Now, have you ever felt like you didn't know what to pray about something? You're not alone and you're in good company and you have somebody praying for you. Who's doing it? It's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings. What does that mean? Sometimes, have you faced this situation? You, you have a couple of things in front of you and you go, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to pray here. I don't, I don't know what to do. I wanna do your will. I don't sense you leading me in this. I don't know what to do. And oftentimes we may think because we don't know what to pray, we should just recoil and step back. And in fact, the opposite is true. 
We should show up and ask the Spirit to pray for us. Lord, I'm counting on the Spirit to pray for me this morning. I don't know what to do. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, fill me, guide me. I remember a number of years ago, the evangelist Junior Hill had come and spoken here and I asked Junior if, if we could have lunch one day to talk about how to have an effective prayer life. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, the prayers that are answered on earth started in heaven. And I said, well, I don't understand what you mean. What, what does that mean? And he said, the first part of our prayer time should just be communing with the Lord in his Holy Spirit and asking him to guide us as we pray because the Spirit will teach us to pray. And if you think about it, that's kind of what Jesus said uh, throughout his ministry. Do you remember when he was in the garden? He says, not my will be done, but yours. When he taught us to pray in the Lord's prayer, Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wanna know what it is in heaven you wanna do, Lord, and I wanna see it brought to bear here in this earth. God, help me to do that. And so praying at all times in the spirit allows us to see that. But there's a second all that he gives there. Look at verse 18 again. It says, with every or all prayer and request. He says to do that with all prayer and request. He's saying all of those. Prayer is the big word there. And that's kind of the general word that we use for praying to the Lord. That's our fellowship with the Lord, when we go before him. Now, many times, if we're being honest, we do really good with the second part of that, the prayer and the request. Do you ever do that? I, I feel like sometimes I show up with the Lord and, and I say, here are the four or five things I'd like you to do today. Glad we got that covered. I'll get back to you later when you've done all those things for me. Probably not really praying, is it? When we pray, it's us going before the Lord and listening for his heart. Asking God to speak to us from his word. Asking God to fellowship with us. And as we do that, then we enter a time of what he calls here in the scripture. He says every request, or maybe you're familiar with the word supplication, right? Making our request known to the Lord. Making them known. Just, just starting with the Lord and praying. So, so we get to the specifics in a little bit. We start praying to God, these things are weighing heavy on me. These things are, are heavy on my friends. I'm asking you to do this, Lord. Would you do that? Well, he says, yes. Pray at all times in the spirit with all of your prayers and all of your requests. Then he gives a third all when he says uh, that we are to stay alert with all perseverance. When you think about that, to stay alert with all perseverance. Remember when Jesus was in the garden and he asked the disciples, y'all stay right here. I want you to pray. And he went a little bit further and prayed and he came back and what were they doing? Lights out, snoring, right? They were sleeping. And he says, you couldn't even watch and pray for an hour? He says, be alert to these things. Watch these things. Understand what's going on. Don't put your minds in neutral today and just kind of coast through the day. Be alert to what's happening so that you can pray with perseverance. Now, oftentimes we don't think about praying with perseverance, but let's be real for a second. How does God answer our prayers? There's really about three ways, aren't there? Yes, no, keep praying. Yes, that's easy, right? I love it when it's yes. No, might be a little bit harder, but it's still an answer. And when God hasn't answered yet, it's keep praying. Remember a class I was in a number of years ago, the, the leader was talking about praying to God the Father and being persistent in prayer, persevering in prayer. And he said that when he used to teach in the children's ministry of his church, 
He said, without fail, every time we gathered the children around the table for our Bible story time, we'd get everybody settled and somebody would raise their hand and say, teacher, I need to go to the bathroom. And he would say, okay, I want you to see if you can hold it for one minute. And if you still need to go, you let me know and I will take you to the bathroom. And he said, you know what I discovered is that about 90% of the time, they really didn't need to go to the bathroom. And about 10% of the time, they would, I really do need to go. He said, I would take them. He said, and I think a lot of times the Lord is asking us to engage in prayer with persistence to see how, how much we're really seeking his heart over this matter. I mean, do you ever do that? Do you pray about something for like one minute, one time, and, and then you kind of go on and you don't think about it anymore and you, you never go back to the Lord on that? You don't stay persistent in it. You don't persevere to see the outcome of it. We need to persevere on those things that God hasn't answered yet to keep going back to him and say, well, I, I don't know what to do about this. I'm gonna keep praying, Lord. I'm gonna keep seeking your heart and do you tell me, Lord, that I'm, I'm released from this? That's fine. I'll keep praying and keep seeking what you have for me. I think I find this is where I am weak. I like to pray about what's front of mind most of the time. Do you find that? It's just hard sometimes, isn't it, to, to, to go back and, and think about those things that you need to keep praying with all the time. But then he says, to add one more layer of complexity to this, Pray for all the saints. Pray for all the saints. You know, we live in a great time in the world to be able to pray for all the saints. This morning, as we're beginning our worship services, there are believers in Europe that have finished theirs. So they could be praying for us this morning. You could have gone to bed last night praying for believers, praying for the situation in Ukraine as the dawn was about to break over there and, and just asking God to do that. We, we get emails, we get FaceTime updates, we can get Facebook messenger updates. Uh, we can talk to people. It's just easy to stay connected in prayer to those things for all of the saints. And he says that that's an important thing for us to do. It's to not act like it's uh, just kind of a gimme or, or an expected thing that God's just gonna take care of everybody else. We know that he will, but he says, pray for them. A number of years ago, we were going through the reset book. And if you haven't ever read the reset book, it's really short. And uh, I believe we have some extra copies. You could pick one up at the Next Steps desk. And if we don't have one, we'll order one for you. We'd love to give you one for free, but it really encouraged us to journal. I've never been a diary kind of guy, you know, like dear diary today, that never really helps me. Normally if I go back and read that stuff like a week later, I think that I'm really messed up. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not encouraging, honestly, to read those kinds of things, but the book asks us to journal our spiritual lives and our time with the Lord. And I began doing that and just writing the, the, the verses that had meant a lot to me from my reading that day. But I found that the only way that I can keep up with all of these alls is through a prayer list that I keep. And I don't know if yours is like this, but for instance, Friday, I was marking off one of those prayers that God had answered. And I kid you not, as soon as I marked it off, my phone buzzed and somebody said, please pray for these two requests. Well, okay. And I put it down. And if I don't do that, I lose perseverance. If I don't do that, I lose the ability to pray for all the saints. I can't, I can't keep all of that in my head. And nobody, and I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand on this. We know confession's good for the soul and we talk about that a lot around here. But you might be sitting next to somebody that you've done this to and it's awful embarrassing. 
Has anybody ever come up to you and said, would you please pray for this? And you say, I will. And next week they come back to you and say, thank you for praying. And you go, about what? <laughs> what am I supposed to remember? I've forgotten. Oh, I should have. You know, the best thing to do, pray right then. When somebody says, will you pray for me? Pray right then. When God puts somebody across your mind, that's the Holy Spirit. If we're living filled with the Spirit, you may not know why. Pray right then and just text them and say, I don't know why I thought about you, but I've prayed for you. God bless you today. Praying that God will use you today. Uh, if you know the reason that God brought it to your mind, tell them that and pray for them and encourage them. Pray for the saints. We have a lot to be praying about. And I think it's important. Now, one pastor said this. He said, most of us like to replace these four alls with four sums. Can I read it to you like that? Some doesn't sound nearly as good. Pray sometimes in the spirit with some prayers and requests and stay alert with some perseverance and intercession for some of the saints. Is that how you pray? It's how I pray sometimes. I pray for the people that are closest to me. I pray for the things that concern me the most. But what we see here is that a prayer life that's active and vibrant encompasses all of these things. And as the Holy Spirit begins to guide us with this, our part is to bring one thing that's often missing from this and it's discipline. Discipline to get up in the morning and pray. Discipline to listen to the Lord through the day and pray. Discipline to stop doing what we're doing long enough to pray. And you say, well, how would we, how would we do that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Would you write the word active somewhere in your notes. You've heard me say this before. It's not new to us. We got it from Greg Pruitt when he taught us this, but this is a great way for you to remember how to pray active. A, adoration. That just means you go before the Lord and you praise him. God, you are great and wonderful. You are incredible. You always keep your word. God, I lift up your name this morning above all things because you are worthy there are other gods that people worship, but they fall short of who you are. You are the one true God. God, I praise you. C, confession. It's where you go before the Lord and say, yesterday, last five minutes, just a second ago, I did this, Lord, and I know that it's not right. I claim the blood of Jesus over me, and I thank you for the forgiveness that you offer for our sins. Please restore relationship, restore my heart, restore my mind so that I can follow after you. T, thanksgiving, to just thank God for the things that he's done. Just to go through a few moments of saying, Lord, thank you for doing this, this, this in my life. Thank you for answering this prayer. Thank you, God, for being faithful in this season of my life. Thank you for blowing my mind by giving me a scripture this morning that I needed. Thank you, Lord. I, intercession. That's where you go before the Lord and, and you plea for people and you make your supplications for them. And we always should start with other people first. If you start with yourself, sometimes you'll get to other people. What I find is if I start with you, I always get back around to me, right? That's how it works. So start with other people praying for them, going before them. When it says that we make intercessions for them, to intercede for someone is to place yourself in between the Lord and them. So you might be doing that and saying, Lord, I'm crying out to you on their behalf. Give them strength. God, heal them. God, save them. God, do a work in their life. 
God, release them. God, make it, make it so that these things happen. The V, vanquishing Satan. Jesus taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What kind of evil? Evil people. Accidental evil that we might run across. Evil circumstances. Evil plans formed against us by the enemy. Evil that we might watch. Evil that we might hear. Evil that we might stumble into. God, would you, would you keep me from evil? Vanquish our enemy today, Lord. And then E, extreme prayer. Ask God to open up new areas of evangelism where people will hear the gospel for the first time around the world. So you start there and you just go through these things and guess what you start to cover? You get all of these alls. At all times in the spirit. At all times praying. At all times persevering. At all times making intercessions for the saints. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says when you have done these four alls, we have some more work to do. We have some more praying to do. In verse 19, would you read with me? He says, we need to pray for a message. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Can I tell you something that's very important in light of, of what we're about to have happen this week in Vacation Bible School? When Paul says that we could be praying for a lot of things for him, he said something that we all need to be praying and that's that the Lord would give us a message. That God would give us a message. Now here's what that means. Paul knew what the gospel was. Can I tell you what the gospel is? The Bible says that everything that we see around us is passing away and that we're all gonna face death and we know that. We try not to think about it. But the Bible says there's another death that we're meant to fear on the other side of our physical death and that we don't have to be separated from God in eternity because Jesus came and died on the cross for us and paid the penalty so that the wrath of God would not rest on us. And you can have your sins forgiven and your relationship with God restored today if you would admit that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus is the son of God who came to die in our place and that he rose and ascended and is seated at the right hand of the father today, the Bible says, place your faith in him and you'll be saved. Well, that, that's important. That's the gospel message. But think about it like this for a second. I just gave you the gospel message, but this week I'm gonna give the gospel message to some third and fourth graders in vacation Bible school. I need a message. Because it changes a little bit, doesn't it? it, it not the message, but the, the presentation. It changes if I'm sitting with one person listening to their story, doesn't it? Than it does if I'm teaching in a group like this. It, it changes when you're with your friend. It changes when you're with your child. We still give the message of the gospel, but he, he knew the gospel, but he's saying, pray that God would give me a message for these people so that I can make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. He's asking for God to give him what he needs. We need to pray that this week. Pray for the pastors of this church. Pray for the, the teachers of your life group. Pray for the, the vacation Bible school leaders who will be teaching the Bible messages. A lot of times we, we kind of think that we're done when we've decorated the stages. Guys, that's just the part that we do. God does the rest right? God does the work of salvation. We don't do that. That's God's work in someone's life. So we need to be praying that God would fill us with the spirit and allow us to speak with clarity and openness so that people's lives will be changed by the gospel. I think that's something that, that oftentimes we fail to realize. We fail to realize that, that that is on us to do. 
I've heard people often say, you know, I didn't really get anything out of that sermon. And I've I've wanted the courage to just say, well, how much did you pray for that pastor this week? So how about this? If you'd like me to be a better preacher, maybe you should start praying, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's on you. Is it not? It's on you to pray for us, that God would give us a message. You know what starts to happen? When you start praying that and you show up with anticipation, it's amazing how God meets anticipation and expectation to do great things. But a lot of us walked in here this morning going, I dare you to bless me. Try it, bet you can't, right? We wouldn't say it like that, but we come in kind of arms folded like, you know, when are we gonna go to lunch? What's next? I mean, look, pray for the message. Pray that God would give it to us. Pray that he'll give it to your life group teacher. Pray that he'll give it to your Bible study teacher. Pray that the message would be clear. And then pray for yourself that God will give you a message for your friends as you witness to them. That you'll know how to speak to them. That you'll know when to speak to them. That you'll know the way that they need to hear the gospel that day. Pray that God would fill you with that. Paul doesn't stop there. Twice he asked for this church to pray for boldness in his life. Look at verse 20. In verse 19, he said, pray that I'll have boldness. And then in verse 20, he says, for this, I am an ambassador in chains. In other words, he's in prison right now. And he says, pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Luke records for us in the book of Acts that while Paul was in prison, many people came and visited with him and heard the gospel and were saved. A lot of times we feel like that there's limitations on us age, ability, our job has us kind of confined, our family life has us confined. But Paul was confined and he was praying that God would make him bold enough to preach the gospel as he should. The courage that we need there, that word boldness is courage, it's confidence. That doesn't come from within ourselves. That comes from walking in the spirit, doesn't it? Is it any wonder that we have no ability to stand up against the truth? I mean, to stand up and preach the truth if we don't have the filling of the Holy Spirit and the confidence and the boldness that comes from that. So we need to pray that God would make us bold to be able to do that. He asked twice for boldness and I promise you, if he needed it, we need it more, right? He's asking in that moment, while I'm here with this opportunity, God, would you give me the boldness so that as people come to here, I will have the courage, not of myself, but the courage and the confidence. When you think about it, why do we need confidence to share the gospel? Because every day we wake up and Satan says, you sure you believe that? You sure it's true? Nah, all roads lead to heaven. They're fine. They don't, you're gonna be, don't offend them. Be nice. Be, be a good person, be a good neighbor. Don't offend those people, leave them alone. Confidence to say, this is the way of the Lord, walk you in it. Follow after him, to be filled with that and to have the, the truth that we need and the courage that we need to be able to speak with boldness. So we go back and we start praying for the alls. We pray for a message and we pray for boldness. This week, when we get to Vacation Bible School, pray for us. Pray pray for me. 
Do you know it's so much easier for me to preach to you than it is to look at a bunch of third and fourth graders and share the gospel? Pray that I'll know the message. Pray that I'll have the boldness to speak clarity and truth. Pray for every one of their teachers. Ask God to do a work. Let's not just assume that because we got the building ready, God's just gonna show up. Let's usher in his presence and, and declare our dependency on it, that we can't do it without him. Because without God, this is just a camp. We don't wanna just have a camp. I'm gonna ask you now, if you would, to bow your heads. And I wanna close our service today praying through this passage of scripture. I'm just gonna direct us, Daniel's gonna play. But as we started, we agreed we were gonna all times be filled in the spirit. Is there anything that's keeping you this morning from being filled in the spirit? And what I mean is unconfessed sin. Make it right with the Lord right now. Call on his mercy. Thank him for it. Take this moment. Cry out to him. Sit for a moment and just enjoy the Lord's presence by telling him how awesome he is. Maybe you have a specific request. Would you make it now? Go before the throne of grace with confidence. Do you need to make a plea on someone else's behalf to intercede for them and stand before the throne of God for them? Do it now. As we think about all of the saints, I couldn't help this morning but think about the brothers and sisters that we know in Ukraine who are suffering today. And maybe there's another country on your mind where great suffering's going. Pray for the believers there. Ask God to shelter and protect them to give them a witness. Pray for your pastors and your life group leaders, our VBS teachers this week, and ask God to give them a message. Ask God to give us clarity as we present the gospel in Vacation Bible School and Jumpstart this week. Pray and ask God to give you a message for your lost friends. Let's pray for boldness for ourselves, for other believers. God, we ask you and we beg you, we plead for you, we invite you for your presence to fill this place, to touch our hearts, Lord, that we would see just a glimpse of your glory. Father, as we've gotten ready for Vacation Bible School this week, we give thanks for all the workers who have tirelessly prepared lessons and decorations and cookies and juices and things like that, Lord, that are going to be useful. But we pray for a message this week. God, give us one for our students that will be here, that they'll know you in the power of your resurrection. God, we believe that there will be students here who need to hear the gospel, who will be ready to hear the gospel. God, would you do your work? God, we pray for boldness for ourselves that you give us a message for our friends, our neighbors, our relatives, that as we speak to them, we could speak with understanding and clarity and insights that would be eternal, Lord, divine, given to us by you. And Lord, we ask these things 
believing that you're ready to do great things and that you've done them in the past. And so we call on you again, thankful that you answer prayer and ask Lord that even this week, as our prayers rise to heaven, you would be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.